Right, here we are, episode four, video marketing and stuff. I've been slacking a bit getting new episodes out, so hopefully this one can help some people in the video world. Uh, I'm talking to Rob Ball, so he's a freelance filmmaker and director based in Manchester, which seems to be a creative hub at the moment. Yeah, so I found Rob's site through LinkedIn after I saw his like super clean profile. And then, yeah, his event videos I thought were like really good. Also, the caliber of his clients. Like, he's worked with people like Adidas, Boohoo, BMW. And so, yeah, today he talks about being resilient, working on growing your network, and the reality of working on bigger projects. So, here it is. All right, Rob, do you want to just introduce yourself? What do you do, and how did you get to this point in your career, I guess? Um, hi, yeah, thanks for having me on, Toby. Um, my name is Rob. Rob Ball of RB Films UK and I'm a freelance substitute and director, filmmaker, um, editor, um, based in Manchester. Um, and yeah, I've kind of been I've been involved in video for for quite a long time. I've been doing it professionally for about the last four, four or five years now. Um, been kind of self-employed, running my own business for about two years now. And um, yeah, like I, I really first kind of got into um, video at about 16. Um, a few of my friends used to kind of make music and um, we used to just mess around with little DSLRs shooting music videos for each other and that's kind of where the, where the love for it kind of initially came from. Um, and one of my, my good friends um, was actually kind of, we work on jobs together and stuff. Um, he was kind of the person that got me into it and um, we're still good friends now and we still shoot together now and we share projects and we share ideas and we kind of, we're working on a few things together. Um, so that's quite nice because it was, it was all completely like organic really. Um, but yeah, so about 16 is kind of when I kind of got into it and I, I, I got bought um, a little DSLR for my birthday um, by my mum my and stepdad. And at first I was initially a bit like, oh, camera, like, oh, I wanted some, like, new trainers and that. Um, so I was a bit like, what's this for? And then I, I just really got into it, and I used to take it everywhere, shot quite a lot of different videos with it. And then I went to college, um, did a, a level three extended diploma in creative media production. So that was kind of quite a lot of filming, um, editing, and... We did media analysis as well, because I've always been massively into film and TV. Um, but yeah, that's where I got into kind of filming and editing. And we used to, we had to make sh like those proper cliche short films that everyone makes when they're in college, like terrible yeah. acting. Um, so yeah, we did a lot of that. And then I went on to uni and I did, um, I did TV and radio at uni, at Salford Uni. Um, so that was quite a practical course as well two-thirds practical, one-third theory. Um, so, again, like, got more into shooting. But to be honest, the, the skills that I have now is kind of taking the fundamentals of what I was taught um, and developed it with your own creative ideas and stuff because um, some of the courses that I've been on, the, the practical side is slightly lacking. Um, and obviously, technology is always changing. Kit is always changing. Um, so it's important to kind of keep an eye on that. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, I worked, worked a few 
um, video jobs and started building up my kind of freelance brand in the background. And then I went full freelance in 2018. Um, and yeah, here we are now, two, two years later, still, still going, not broke yet. Uh-huh. Almost, almost <laughs> after almost. COVID. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I, so I kind of do a lot of stuff for kind of for like social media campaigns. Um, I do some corporate work as well, um, music videos, um, a whole whole range of stuff. I quite like doing like lifestyle work as well. I do some sports stuff, sports brands. Um, but yeah, that's basically who I am and where I am in a nutshell. Nice. Yeah. So you've had kind of a not perfect but quite a smooth way into video as in the sense that you've done video from the start college uni and then straight to sort of freelance yeah yeah kind of um yeah it has been quite smooth in a way but i guess it's it's kind of the way that i kind of worked towards um because lots of my peers from from uni and stuff lots of them work in in more traditional tv um and i kind of i have done some work for tv and i have done some shoots broadcast shoots and stuff but predominantly a lot of my work is more for kind of online platforms um and i kind of clocked that tv is a little bit formulaic in that um it's quite rigid in terms of the roles and the level of experience um so you kind of to be a camera you you're kind of more likely to be runner eventually ac then eventually cam up um and then there's no guarantee that what you're going to be working on as a cam up is particularly exciting um i think the film film practical route is a bit more interesting and some of some of my peers who work in kind of film have done really well and it's really impressive to see the scale of productions that they're working on um but i kind of went more down the kind of online media route because I just saw that it was more distinguished on ability um, and I've seen people who've transitioned from just making small music videos with self-shooting them to being full-scale directors on massive budget productions now. So so I kind of worked out that things are changing, um, media is always changing, so like yeah, I, I kind of just wasn't sure about going down the whole kind of TV route. Yeah, so I think from the outside looking in, a lot of people think the whole film and TV is quite like hard to move your way up in a sense. I think, like you said, it's probably more to do with who you know and stuff like that rather than your innate skill set. Um, yeah, what do you think it's about very, that? Yeah. It's, um, I think if you're, if you're good at what you do and you create good relationships and people will always remember you um, because I've seen one of my friends is um, kind of like a freelance lighting tech. Um, so he works as a spark and a gaffer and stuff on, on quite big productions. And he's not been doing that for that long. And um, he doesn't really have to market himself at all in the same way that I would do. Like I work hard on my personal brand and I have done since kind of 2015. Um, but he, he doesn't really have to do that because a lot of his work is through kind of word of mouth, but it's just because he's good. He's dedicated. He's not letting people down and he's initially getting a good network. Um, but it is definitely still very competitive and he, he was quite fortunate in a, in a way, but he was also quite, 
quite experienced in other areas to enable him to get to where he is now. Um, but I've seen people that have kind of been runners for years and I'm just like, I, yeah. I, like, I don't see, like, n- no disrespect to anyone or anything, but I don't see, like, how you could not try, try to transition up because runners really do get a little bit of a hard time and the, the contracts are still short um, and the rates are low and it's not, yeah, it's not really, it's not like a long-term solution for anything really. So, so yeah, no, it, is, it is definitely quite competitive, but I think there is some regret that I didn't kind of do a bit more like freelance AC work um, in film and stuff just because you do get to work on much bigger budget productions and some of the stuff that I do is more kind of like small crew self-shooting um, and but yeah no it is what it is I'm sure I'm sure I get there yeah do you think that's your goal for like the longer term to be more maybe move towards directing rather than you know self-shooting and directing everything or do you want to do a bit of both um I do definitely still enjoy shooting and I have worked on like a few jobs where I've kind of been a bit more hands-off and I do enjoy that um, because as as it gets to kind of like a bigger budget, it is better just to let everyone sit within their roles um, rather than kind of being like a jack of all trades. Yeah. Um, so I can, I, yeah, in the future, the aim is definitely to be hands-off a bit more directing, but it's just every every production requires different things. Um, so like some of the stuff that I like to kind of shoot and I envision going a bit more towards is kind of like short form docs and stuff. Mm. And in order to kind of get the most out of your subject, sometimes it works better to have less people. Um, and if you can still get a good production value just from one person self-shooting with a good camera, maybe a sound guy, maybe a producer with you, um, then it's not worth getting the whole ten man team in because you're not going to get the same the same interview. Um, and some of the some of the best content you you can capture is is candid. So so it's a it's a balance between on a project to project basis. But it's definitely nice to know that you've got the budgets there to be able to make that choice or not, which isn't always the case. Um, yeah. So yeah, in the future, I definitely kind of see myself doing a bit more directing, a bit more hands-off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think some, I guess some people think like if they're not shooting and doing everything, they think, you know, they can't, it doesn't feel right to claim sort of credit for that piece. Like, do you feel like you have to do everything to make it feel like it's your work or? Um, I think That's if sort of how good... I see it in my head a bit, but yeah, sure yeah. I haven't done I... much, so I can't see. I think if you're kind of, if you're good enough in your role, then you can still definitely own a piece. And there's certain directors and you can see that that is very much their style and their crew have worked well with them. And obviously there's quite a lot of directors. There's like one music video director that I really admire and I've seen his, his journey really kind of, and he's really excelling now. It's called um, LX. And um, he, he directs and edits the majority of the videos that he um, directs. So obviously on set, he'll be in control to a certain extent, but then obviously he's taken ownership of the edit as well. Um, so so it's, really, it's really just about kind of 
how you how your presence is in in a production because you can still definitely make it your own and, and when you have a good kind of crew underneath you and they understand your vision then it's going to be all cohesive and it's all gonna work together because essentially the director has kind of last word on the majority of things really yeah yeah definitely uh all right i'll ask you when i ask everyone now this quite a classic but what's your over your career what's your been your favorite project that you've worked on do you remember it um, um it be, do you think favorite project um it's actually something that i can't talk too much about because it's okay. not come it's <laughs> not come out yet okay yeah. um but it's actually something that um, i'm still working on and it's it's a short documentary that um we're pitching and we've kind of we're redeveloping it right now actually um, but we're basically pitching for funding for it. And I've worked on that with a few people that I'm quite close with, and we've all got kind of like a quite close shared vision of the project. And we just, we haven't started shooting the doc as yet, but we basically shot like a trailer, um, kind of like an intro trailer score thing um, in order to show people um, in order to entice them and stuff. And that, that's one of my favorite projects, like the way that we kind of, um, me and kind of um, my friend, we, we both kind of co-directed it, co-shot it, co-edited it, um, got the voiceover recorded from, from the talent who's presenting it. And we, we like, I really just enjoyed that. And the way that it came out, I know that when we've got the budget to throw more production value off at, at the project, it's going to be amazing. So oh, yeah. that's something to look out for. I'm sorry, I can't kind of say more on that. But, um, but yeah, no, it's going to be you really say, like what, um, what length it's going to be? Like how long? To be honest, we are actually reworking it because we were going to, we were going towards feature length. Um, but now we're kind of, we're thinking we might break the structure up into episodic, um, more like an episodic structure. Mm. And I think it's going to be easier as a project to manage, just because sometimes the feature length is quite, like it's almost quite intimidating. And I've done like docs before, and even this 12 minute doc that I did in 2016, like the structure is so dependent on kind of what you get and what people say. So it's really hard to like work out the story. You can kind of work out the story as much as you want in your head, but then it's all based on what your contributors actually say. Um, and it has to make sense as a piece. Like, what are you actually trying to say here? Like, is it just a series of interviews? Because sometimes I watch docs yeah. and it's like the angle is not strong enough and it is just like kind of like a compilation of interviews and it's just a bit like, well, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it's not cohesive. Mm. So I think if we do break it down into an episodic structure, then um, I think it's going to be easier to navigate as a as a project because the topic that we're talking about is quite broad um so yeah yeah and that's enough that's enough on that my my lips are, my lips are sealed my, all right but, top secret co- stay tuned <laughs> yeah yeah commissioners get at me <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah because i think i'm planning like a mini doc because yeah it's always it's always something fun to work on i think because you can be as creative as you want on it but yeah it's how do you get what you want from your you know your subjects without putting words in their mouth isn't it to create the story that you want i think that's the struggle yeah exactly that like i think that's a really really valid point and 
yeah, it, you, a lot of it is in the edit, but at the same time, you've got a responsibility not to misrepresent your contributors because if you really spin what they said, yeah. um, and kind of your your angle is not that clear from them, um, then yeah, they're gonna feel misrepresentative and they're they're gonna be quite annoyed with you. Yeah. Um, so you, you this, yeah, you, it's a, you've got to be careful ethically there. Yeah. But I, I really enjoy shooting docs and I've only done a few, but um, I envision doing kind of a lot more um, yeah. moving forward. It's something that I definitely see, see a big future. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely being creative on docs. It seems like one of the most fun things to do. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's think about future. What I know that's a project you're working on now that you're really excited about, yeah. but is there anything like no limit what would you want to work on as a project what would be like the most exciting project for you to work on whether it's any brand that you really like any you know celebrity or campaign yeah. have you got anything yeah. in mind um not specifically but i i'm a big fan of music um so like i really love kind of like the crossover of cultures and i think one thing that's starting to get done a little bit more is kind of like um like brands are really seeing the value in kind of like the UK urban culture and they're crossing over between, between music to sports and stuff like that. And like, I'm seeing quite like good convergence of kind of like different culture. And like, I really like stuff like that. That's something that I see myself working on because obviously the brands, the brands have the, the capital to fund these kind of elaborate projects. Yeah. Um, and then if they give it, if they kind of give the vision to the right, the right directors and stuff, they can really capture like UK urban culture in, in different ways. Like Adidas has done some pretty good ones with, um, with Man United in the last few years. And it really kind of captures Manchester as a city and stuff. And like, there's just more and more, like there's too many to name. Like even oh, yeah. for example, you know, the Nike London campaign a while ago. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. But um, stuff like that, that's the kind of thing that really kind of like gets me excited and I see myself working on in the future for sure. Yeah. It's just yeah. like the crossover with kind of, with branded content, but also original content. Like it's a, it's a bit yeah. of a like... It's like yeah, almost, it's, yeah, almost like documentary style, isn't it? But yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I like. for For still created for web or social or whatever, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, a lot of what Nike's been doing. Even yeah, over the exactly. years, it's pretty, you know. Yeah, nice. That's why they got so big, isn't it, on social? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they make they make really good content, and yeah, that's kind of the stuff that I see myself working on in the future for sure. Yeah, what, what do you think it takes to be able to work <laughs> freelance for Nike? I guess a fair few people do it, but yeah, and I, like I've like I've worked on kind of stuff not for Nike, but like um for like Adidas and stuff like mm. events and stuff like that. Not like for campaigns or anything, yeah, yeah. but but it's it's not it's not out of reach. Like yeah. I I know lots of people that have kind of done done work on campaigns like that, and sometimes it is like it's the cutting edge creative agencies that get those kind of contracts. Yeah. Um. So it's the people that are forward thinking. Um. And Nike are very in touch with kind of what's current and the culture and they've, they've very much got their ear to the street. And a lot of these brands, they realize kind of the buying power um, now of that kind of audience. 
So if they're not taking UK musicians seriously and stuff like that, then they're really missing a trick. Um, and the ones that are and they're investing in that, they're getting a great return on their investment because they're getting the same audience that listens to that musician or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, no, stuff like that's not out of reach. You just, just got to keep going, man. Yeah, just got to angle it the right way and be yeah. in a position, I guess. Isn't it? Yeah, definitely. All right, nice. Um, yeah, so let's talk about anything. Is there anything, one thing that you struggle with right now? I know obviously with COVID, a lot of people struggling as yeah. a freelancer, but what's the one thing, I guess, in your business that you're struggling with? Is it? Uh, um, to be honest, I think I wasn't focusing enough on having really repeat business and re- regular kind of clients because I was been working on a wide array of stuff um, in kind of the past year or so. And like I work on quite a lot of PR campaigns and stuff like that. But some of these jobs, like they kind of come out of nowhere and then they disappear into like, you don't see those clients again. (laughs) So working on stuff that kind of, it, it might, it might be a good rate and it might be like a week shoot or a few day shoot or whatever. And it's enjoyable and it's good for your portfolio. But if you're not handling the whole production, you don't necessarily have much control of the output. You sometimes don't see the finished edits. You can't necessarily add it to your portfolio. Um, and sometimes it's just kind of agencies or production companies just looking for someone who's up to par in the location that they're shooting. Um, so it's not really like someone that's reached out to you because it's you. It's someone that's looking for someone of a certain standard just to fit their bill, just just for their campaign or something. So, so I think I'm definitely going to focus more on kind of getting repeat business and re, really kind of building with with companies and organisations that like I share similar values with um, and that I align with, and I can just see us making great content moving forward. Because sometimes it is it is a little bit of a trade off. Like some of the work that I do. Um, some and lots I know lots of freelancers and creators will feel this as well but some of the work that I do that's more kind of corporate and stuff it it pays well um, but the output isn't necessarily something that you can be super proud of um, so there's kind of it's, yeah, it's a trade-off because some of the coolest projects that I've done have got no budget whatsoever um, and, I've, and I've kind of shot it myself or like I've worked with friends and that's really where um, the creative juices get flowing because it's like, all right, there's, I'm not getting any money out of this, so let me make sure I get the best out of this in terms of a finished product. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like, it's a trade-off and there's a fine line between kind of doing something for passion and just completely ripping yourself off. Um, so yeah, so yeah, no, I think definitely working with people that like really align with what I'm doing and also just kind of establishing closer relationships with with um, with businesses that are working with me for me, not just random jobs that kind of come out of woodwork because at the end of the day, it's not really a sustainable way to scale your business. Like you need, mm. you need repeat business. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the problem for most freelancers, isn't it? Getting rather than con- constantly having to chase jobs. So as the end goal is to have yeah clients that 
value your skill set and working with on a longer term basis isn't it because then you're not in constant anxiety oh i've lost this one already because they only brought me on for a one day shoot or whatever yeah nice it's 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 a fine line and i think if you do kind of establish a more wider client base that's a loyal client base and they respect you for you they respect your rates they understand the return on investment they're going to get um then that is kind of a better relationship moving forward and then if it's regular and stuff then you'll i'm sure you'll find the time to pick up other things and do passion projects and stuff as well because a lot of the time you can neglect um the stuff you're really interested in because you've just got to focus on getting paid for your work really so it's kind of yeah so it's always a balance like everything's a balance but in in business and in freelance video work there's definitely a clear balance that you need to establish yeah yeah I think, yeah, most people want to be ideally, they want to get paid for stuff that will go on their portfolio. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? But like, I guess, how, how do you see, what do you think your portfolio would be like in like 10 years? Say, have you thought about that? Like what you want on there or what you want in, the overall in, look to be? In 10 years, I definitely won't be self-shooting. Yeah. Very rarely will I be self-shooting. And, I, I picture myself doing kind of like very creative branded campaigns um, with like strong kind of ethos. Because um, yeah. I think that's like the key with anything is, is telling a story. Like you're selling a product or whatever, like where does that product come from? Who's, who's it popular with? They're like really important things. So the story side of things can never be neglected. Like yeah. you can make something look as shiny and, and as sexy as you like, but if there's no substance as well, then it's gonna, it's gonna fade out. Like it's not gonna be memorable. Yeah. So, so yeah, now like content that's kind of based around people and stories and branded content, but very much more music. Like I like, I love music, so. As much as I haven't really focused primarily on music videos, because some of them are just a nightmare, um, but I do I do love music. So some more kind of music projects, music docs, um, stuff like that. Things that I can really kind of like get creative on, and uh, I'll be very proud to put my name to. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I see in my portfolio looking like in ten years. Yeah, nice. Just big documentaries and big campaigns yeah well yeah i think that's your value isn't it as a director how well you can tell the story because you you know you got to a point where now you've probably like mastered the camera you've got you know you know how to shoot all the different shots and then you kind of peaked out there aren't you and then it becomes right how can i tell the best story with this piece of kit and you know yeah, that's no, why definitely. i guess the top film directors are they're at the top because they're bringing all the pieces together, aren't they? And that's how yeah. you're going to, I guess, yeah, it's the progression of being a freelancer, I suppose, or in the yeah. video film yeah. industry. Yeah, yeah. Whoever no, tells definitely. the better story is probably going to make more and yeah. shoot better stuff, aren't, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's like, you've got to strip it down back to basics sometimes and realise those things because it's not necessarily about what you're shooting on. It's just about what you're trying to say and how that comes across. And yeah, just you, well, you're communicating a message to people. 
So, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's important, man. It's really important. Yeah. I mean, because you see stuff on YouTube, don't you? Shot on like Canon 700D or something, like a short film that could have, you know, million views just because the message in it is so strong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's not about what you use, it's how how you use it, really. So I don't judge people for kind of the kit they're using. I just wanted to to see the output, you know what I mean? Well, you do now, you've got the Z cam. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, is... I mean, I guess your career has been relatively short um, so far because you're quite young, but um, have you had, has there only been like one person or have you had a mentor sort of that's guided you and helped you in your freelance career at all? Or have you sort Um, of worked it out on your own? To be honest, I've never had a mentor. That is definitely something that I do want to move towards because I just, I think that's important and it's good to kind of take knowledge from other people that are in positions that you would like to be in. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely something that I'm looking forward, looking into moving forward. But um, I do just kind of like, I have quite a strong network and I'm quite good at building kind of relationships with people and, and keeping them. So I just tap into my network and see how people are doing, see what they're up to, um, see what they're struggling with, what they're doing well at and, and then, like, it's just a, it's just a bit of a kind of it's a trade-off, really, because when you when you can tap into your network and can ask questions about kind of things that you might be struggling with, and your friend might be going through the same thing, like I like a lot of people that I kind of work with and and, and shoot with are people that I would call friends as well, even if they're more like network friends. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily always go out with them or whatever. It's nice to be able to exchange ideas and stuff. So. Like people like that, I, I, I take people's advice, you know what I mean? I think that's something yeah. that's definitely helped me. And moving forward, these are all people that I plan on, on working with for, for a long time, just because they have the same vision, they have the same work ethic, mm. similar kind oh, yeah, of definitely. values. Um, then, yeah, just yeah, never underestimate your network um, because you never know kind of like who might be able to help you with something and you never know what what position people are going to be in um moving forward like not even just trying to sound like you're using people or anything but like as long as it's genuine um and you want you want people to do well that person that they might be super influential moving forward and you're glad that you kept a good genuine relationship with them because because look at the position they're in now and they might be able to help you um whereas some that because sometimes people kind of rise to powerful positions then all those people that knew them come back up and people yeah. see through that stuff man so so yeah see the value in your network for sure i think it's super important yeah yeah definitely are you so you're based in manchester right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah based in manchester so what's the video world like there do you, did you like before COVID, did you do like many events or anything or were you just networking online or just through the projects that you were doing? Um, every, every time I go out and shoot and meet new people. So like I see, not every time, obviously sometimes you shoot the same people, but a lot of the time you go out and shoot, you meet new people, um, people remember your face, you do a good job. Like that's like every day can be a networking opportunity. Like that's where I see it. But no, I've, I've actually never been to a networking event in my life. It's not something that I'm, I'm against or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Just found sometimes, your way to do it. Yeah. yeah, sometimes things like that feel forced. And um, 
the thing about me is like I've got no problem seeing other people win. Like I I follow other people that do video in Manchester and I see what they're doing and I'm interested and I don't see them taking bread out of my mouth. I mm. see them just there's enough for us all to kind of eat. That's yeah. the way that I see it. That's what um, I said, yeah. Yeah, so then people obviously kind of give your work props, it might share your work, whatever, whatever. And then people that I meet personally, if if we get on, then yeah, I'll, I'll support them moving forward. I see them post on social media. I'll be like, oh, that looks nice, that looks good. Or obviously, if I genuinely do believe it, like I don't think you should just network in a false way because that's kind of quite salesy and eventually people see through that. But um but yeah, but yeah, now the video the video scene in Manchester is is thriving, man. There's lots of lots of big productions being shot up in Manchester nowadays. Um, and there is lots of kind of social media agencies and obviously there's like lots of influencers and people with small fashion brands, sports brands, music videos, like there's a real kind of big scene in Manchester and it's just it's just growing and growing. Yeah, I've noticed that on social. It seems like a lot of like creative brands and stuff are popping in Manchester. I don't know if that's just because yeah. that's what I've seen, but yeah, over like even other cities like Birmingham, whatever you see Manchester, like yeah, like no, modeling no, and everything. Yeah, no offense to Birmingham because I'm not super tapped in because I know there are like some cool, some cool brands and there's like a, a, quite a big music scene and stuff, but. I don't see the same kind of full industry um, that I see in Manchester and Birmingham. And I, I think it's, yeah, if it's not London, it's Manchester really, in kind of my opinion on, yeah, like in terms of what's really happening and growth and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Is your plan to probably stay there now for a while? Um, yeah, for the foreseeable future. Um, I haven't really kind of, achieved what I want to achieve in Manchester yet. So um, I think if I felt like I was a big fish in a small pond and I was tired of like running out of challenges or kind of like worked with everyone or whatever, then then I might think about moving elsewhere or something. But to be honest, like I really, I really like Manchester and I'm not even, I'm not from Manchester, but, um, but like I really like it there and it feels like my home. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose like you've worked on projects in a load of places and you so you know you can always travel for work if you have to and then you can do the bulk of your creative stuff still in Manchester so that's yeah, the idea, exactly. isn't it? <laughs> yeah exactly like it, we're doing kind of this kind of thing um, this kind of job you, you do travel for like I travel all over the country for sheets kind of on a regular basis um, but I think in terms of like the network and um, just like what's still up and coming, um, brands, musicians, um, etc. Yeah. Like I see Manchester as like a really kind of good place to be um, moving forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's go for this, um, the classic. What piece of advice would you give, I guess, if you were starting out or if someone else was starting out wanting to potentially go freelance? Do you have any things that come to mind what to go freelance yeah or just starting video full stop well yeah starting they like they've done video and yeah they want to go freelance at some point you know the transition i guess from 
work in a job or uni or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's any kind of like textbook way yeah. to do it because I've seen. I've seen quite. Way, a, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Like, and I've seen quite a lot of people that say, "Oh, never quit your job until your side hustle pays you as much as your job," and like blah 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 blah. But it's it's diff it's different for everyone, man. Um, like one thing about being freelance is you really have to be motivated and you have to motivate yourself. That's what you've got to remember because no one like people might give you advice, but at the end of the day, ultimately it's gonna be just you at the start. So you have to be driven and you have to want it because otherwise like you will just you will just suffer. And like the past couple of years being freelance as well, like the one thing that I am kind of pleased about is that I know that I've got a lot more to kind of grow and do because even though I'm quite pleased with some of the people I've worked with, some of the projects that I've worked on in the last few years, like I don't feel like I'm working at my full capacity, you know what I mean? Like I've got a lot more to kind of, to learn, to focus on, to work out the balance, like work-life balance is super important. Um, but yeah, I, f I think that's the, the, the main thing is you, you've got to really want it because it's up and down, man. And sometimes when you don't, you don't have work, is super depressing so yeah so you've got to be able to kind of to pick yourself up um and, and crack on and still reach out to people um because you you hear no a lot you know what i mean you do a lot of outreach during a quiet time you hear no a lot and that doesn't that shouldn't kind of put you off too much um mm. because if you really want it then you're not gonna let like a couple rejections stand in your way kind of thing but, yeah yeah, resilience, resilience. That, I think that's what I'm getting at. Um, resilience is definitely key. And even a tough period like like this period, like I know that like there's there's still a lot more to do. Um, and like I don't feel hopeless at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, being resilient is definitely key. But you, to be honest as well, you definitely need to have um, some savings behind you because otherwise it's going to be like a real, you've got, you've, you've only got a certain amount of time to make it work. Yeah. Um, and some people might argue that that's a good thing because they strive, they thrive in positions of lots of pressure, but being realistic, you do need some savings because you could be pitching for a month. And then if you've got a month's worth of savings after that month, you're like, okay, what, what am I going to do? But it might have been the second month where you really kind of got your break. Mm. Um, and when I first went freelance, um, I had to kind of invest in myself to get myself up to the standard that I was used to working at. But they weren't my resources primarily because I was working as a videographer for, for another company. Um, so I said, yeah, when, when I started the job, we should buy X, Y, and Z. So, and they were super supportive they invested in the kit that i suggested um and i had my own camera but when i when i left the job i didn't really have any kit and i've been used to kind of having this whole setup and i was mm. like oh well i can't go back to just like <laughs> just shooting stuff like in a super super low quality way um so to sustain that same quality i had to reinvest my own money into kind of the things that i had prior to that but obviously you'd be savvy about it certain things you realize i don't really need that right now mm -hmm. so i'm i'm constantly reinvesting but 
when you're on a budget, just don't go crazy at once because it's not going to necessarily guarantee you work. You could have a you could have a ten grand camera and, and no clients, like yeah. not great, you know. What I mean, lenses. So, yeah, exactly. So, so like you've got to be kind of savvy about it. But yeah, I'd say resilience and definitely have have some savings because essentially, if it doesn't go well, then like you, you get yourself into debt quickly or, or whatever um yeah you do you do hear those super motivating stories um that are a bit kind of cheesy of like oh yeah i had one had week, yeah yeah i had like 15 pound and like <laughs> i didn't know what to do and then i was pitching all week and blah blah blah, blah. yeah but, i signed a 10 grand client <laughs> yeah yeah like but yeah it's that, not realistic that, that could, that that could happen. That could happen, but you can't really bank on it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, definitely resilience and yeah, and some savings. So just just network as much as you can before you make that transition. If you're moving towards that transition, um, obviously try to build up as much business as you can to move into. Um, and because yeah, you do like I do hear about people kind of like realizing they didn't need to work because now they're making x amount or whatever um that wasn't really how it went for me but every everyone's completely different so so yeah be resilient save a bit and network as much as you can man nice yeah that's good advice really because yeah it's definitely a competitive world like you said there's enough work for everyone but you know you still gotta get the work (laughs) which is the hard part oh yeah the thing that um really motivates me is that um i see people who aren't as good as me doing a lot more work than me Mm. and it makes me realize that they focus more on their client side Mm. than their abilities and sometimes you can be that super cool person that has like oh yeah i'm good enough to do this and that but if you don't reach out to people and you don't connect with people then they're not going to know how good your work is um so so yeah it's all about kind of yeah it's all about networking and that was kind of that goes back to the thing about establishing regular clients that i was talking about before because i see some people producing quite kind of mediocre work and they've got loads of clients and i'm just like fair play to them like they've obviously worked on something that i wasn't focusing on enough so so yeah 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 well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? The business side is a massive part. I think yeah, even with me, definitely. a lot of people think, yeah, if I can learn everything on Premiere Pro, you know, and I can do these, like, transitions and all this, and then, you know, clients will just come, but it doesn't really work like that, does it? And you've noticed yeah, that, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it never works like that. And, yeah, you have to... Don't be, don't be kind of scared to shout about kind of the things you're doing. Sometimes I feel like a bit cringed out, like I used to, about like just posting stuff in kind of like a personal brand way or whatever. But you can't really afford to do that because if you don't communicate kind of with your audience or whatever, then then no one's going to really know what you're up to. And you could be working on X amount of job behind the scenes, but if you've not shown anyone that and they're not aware of that, then they might just think you're doing nothing during this whole time. So yeah. So yeah, you've got you've got to kind of you've got to like sing your own praises without yeah. kind of being being arrogant. You yeah. know what I mean? But 
I guess you made that switch in you at one point, seeing yourself as like a brand, as a business. Like you have to do marketing for for yourself, you know, and it yeah, has to be consistent. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think um, there's no, like, there's lots of kind of different ways that you can do things, but ultimately word of mouth is like strong. So like just be authentic, do a good job, try your best, be genuine and like hopefully that client will tell other people but if they don't <laughs> then still still do your marketing and stuff as well so, so yeah, yeah no, it's, it's important man super important yeah yeah all right Rob I think uh, we've got through quite a lot to be fair um, yeah yeah happy to leave it there yeah is there anything else you want to mention or any nothing you're working on we know obviously you've got that doc coming up um, yeah I did um I did a short film. Um, oh, I think someone's at my door, actually. Um, so <laughs> can you hear that? Can you hear that in the background? No, no, not really. All right, cool. Um, yeah, and no, I did a short film at the start of kind of lockdown period um, called Appreciation. Um, and that was like the first kind of short film that I was completely self-shot and I actually narrated it myself. So I was in the film. And that was, that felt super weird for me. And I was unsure how it was going to kind of go down. But it's, it's been received quite well. Um, so I was quite pleased with how it went and stuff. Um, and um, yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, I watched it, the it start was, of that before this. It looked pretty good. So Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we can drop a link to that or something. But, but other than that, yeah, if you're, if you're Manchester-based and you're into video, hit me up. Let's connect. Let's work on something. Um, or yeah, just whatever. Hopefully we'll work, work on something moving forward. Nice one, Rob. Cheers. All right, cheers, mate. Take care. Thanks for having me on. All the best. Yeah. Well, there it is, all wrapped up. Episode four. Huge thanks to Rob for coming on. I know he's super busy with uh, a load of projects at the moment. Go check out his uh, short film, Appreciation, and obviously all his other stuff. That's at rbfilms.co.uk. And yeah. See you in the next one. Peace.